Well, we have nine more holes to go, so how about you two fellas follow me to the 10th tee? On to the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Two players down the middle on the tempo. Here's Brian and Bob. Yeah, thank you very much and welcome into the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob, Twitter handles at Real Golf. We are going to transition here on the back nine to a little bit more of our U.S. Open preview edition, which this was scheduled to be, before the entire professional golf world got turned on its ear Tuesday morning. Wow. You heard from Rex Hoggard in hour number one from Golf Channel. Nobody saw this coming and has thrown us for a loop. So I'm sure that that will slip back in, Bob, as we and we'll wrap it up with some thoughts. If you're tuning in to hear our thoughts on that, we will post our whole hour number one on our Twitter feed at Real Golf. And you can search for us wherever your favorite podcasts are found. But here in the back nine, we're going to welcome in America's favorite caddy. Of course, he produced the yardage book for the players that they'll be using at the U.S. Open next week at L.A. North. And get his thoughts on the golf course. Started going through it last week, and I said, "Whoa, mm-hmm. big fella, we got a week to go before we completely Settle break this down." <laughs> so, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get his thoughts, and then we had a chance at, at a U.S. Open Media Day about a month ago to visit with John Bodenhammer, Chief Championships Officer for the United States Golf Association. Visited about Pebble Beach as well as about L.A. North. You'll hear the L.A. North conversation and and uh, his thoughts on the. U.S. Open returning to Los Angeles for the first time in 75 years, which is pretty remarkable. And the first time that we're going to see it here at L.A. North. Yeah, it's going to be a a phenomenal test, in my opinion. The interesting thing is it's going to be a smaller um, U.S. Open with less um, fans or people watching on site. uh, Be cut down from about 40 to 50,000 and all the tents and uh, suites and stuff, those those are going to be limited, and we're going to see more um, or uh, amount of people that are going to be there, about 22,000. So um, it's going to be kind of interesting um, to be able to be on that golf course with that many people as far as a U.S. Open is concerned. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's going to protect the sight lines. It's going to showcase the golf course. And I think a lot of yep. people are as anxious. So I talked to a guy just this week who he's taking his family out. They're going to go see this. His, his family's from there. And he's always wanted to see L.A. North. And so this is his opportunity. He's, he bought the ticket. And he'll be on site. And uh, we're excited to be on site all next week as well. And we'll give you uh, some more of our updates. Uh, follow us at Real Golf for our coverage of the U.S. Open. 123rd edition. We'll get into it all next. On hour number two, you're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back. This segment is brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. Check out blackdesertresort.com where you can book your tee time. All 18 holes are open for the all-new Tom Weiskopf Championship Design golf course there at Black Desert which recently announced that an LPGA Tour event will be coming to Black Desert in May of 2025 so uh, be sure to book your tee time now see the golf course that will be a tour course and it is uh, you know Obviously, the resort is still under construction. There's real estate opportunities available, something you're probably going to want to be a part of. But get down there, check it out. The golf course is in phenomenal condition. It really is a tremendous layout, and what a legacy. The 73rd and final design for the great Tom Weiskopf, now Hall of Famer Tom Weiskopf, well-deserved. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a place that will celebrate Tom 
his design, and his career uh, with the Club 73 there. Check it out at blackdesertresort.com. It's U.S. Open Preview Edition. We know there was a big announcement. We spent the last hour and the last week really talking about it, but and we'll get into it a little bit more on and our, our thoughts on that in the final segment before we close this hour. But let's talk a little L.A. North, the 123rd U.S. Open. And there's certainly, Bob, will be a lot of questions around what does this mean for the game of golf with this new merger on the PGA Tour with with the PIF fund? There'll be a lot of conversations to the U- and questions to the USGA about the ball rollback that is still yep. a big part of the stories in, in the fabric of golf this year. So look at the changes that essentially are on the table or are happening this year in professional golf. We're talking about a completely refacing and direction from from the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. We're talking about potentially going into full bifurcation with a tour ball that's different than what yep. the amateurs are playing. So there's a lot of things that I think that are that can really shake things up here in 2023. Well, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what uh, um, that golf ball kind of being rolled back, so to speak is going to entail and um, just how much it will entail. And through this comment period that we're still in, um, how the players, the players aren't happy about it. It was talked about about a week ago um, or so with, with the players from the USGA and then all the manufacturers, what, what they're going to do. And, you know, uh, will they accept it? Will they say, no, we're not going to build that ball or or what's going to happen? Will the PGA Tour do a, a model local rules also or a, or a local rule saying that we're not going to do it? Um, so that that will be interesting. Wait but a minute. Are you I, saying that you they're going to do a model local rule to supersede the model local rule? Well, the Is PGA that like, Tour can do a local rule. I just I just threw the model in there because that's the term we always use. Now, I know, but, but my point just, is, I, I, a negative, negative is a positive, positive, negative, negative. I mean, I'm getting back to my you know <laughs> math classes in high school. All I'm saying is, it's a local rule, meaning the PGA Tour can just yeah. choose not to adopt the local rule. Absolutely, and then the golf Absolutely. ball remains the same for the tour players for the PGA yep. Tour, right? Exactly. That, that's that's the interesting exactly. thing. But that then, might but then, but then, when it comes down to the major championships, you might see them. Um, you know, Augusta and the U.S. Open and PGA and the Open Championship all saying, well, guess what? We're going to be using the the limited ball, so to speak. So that'll be interesting to see. But th- I'm excited about this U.S. Open. I'm excited to be in Southern California in the L.A. area and uh, to see this golf course and how these guys play it and to see how how the fans receive it. Uh, it's going to be great on television. It's going to be great uh, being there on site. And at 7,500 yards, I think it's going to be everything that these guys could possibly want. And a par 70 to boot, of course. And so, look, this U.S. Open has the makings to be everything that a fan could want in a U.S. Yep. Open. The setting is tough to beat. You're right in the heart of Beverly Hills, Los Angeles. Okay, You are at a historic club at LA Country Club and LA North, which is often, especially by golf course architect, you know, fans, you know, hailed as one of the greats of all time. And also an exclusive club that rarely opens its doors. You don't see pictures or video so much of of the club and, and it's going to be wide open to the world next week. So I think for all those reasons, it is going to be 
uh, a thrill for golf fans. Now, you mentioned there'll be about half the numbers on the grounds. That's only a, a, a bummer for those that are trying to get out to L.A. to watch it in person. For right. everybody else that is going to be watching it on television or on an app or something like that, it is going to show maybe better than any U.S. Open, given that the great views of the homes that line uh, the um, – the fairways there around Beverly Hills, the skyline of downtown LA in the, in the distance, Mm -hmm. all of those views will be protected and and will be uh, showcased, you know, throughout the the coverage because there will be very, it'll be limited on the grandstands and the corporate hospitality tents and all that sort of thing. So I think it's going to be a lot of pure golf. And I think you're going to see a lot of great shot making. And what I mean by that is, is as Rex Hoggard said in hour number one, yeah, they are wide fairways. But how, all I heard about was how wide the fairways were. I didn't hit one for about five or six holes. Because if you <laughs> don't... a lot of slope and run to the fairways. That's no right. Doubt. Well, let's give an example. I believe we, we started out on the 13th hole. It's a 507-yard yep. par four. And the fairway sort of canters left to right, if I'm remembering the, the hole That's correctly. Correct. And so correct. if you... I, I hit a shot that, is, for all intents and purposes, was, was... Let's say it hit the middle of the fairway. But I had a little bit of a cut on it going with the slope. And guess what? It's 10 feet into the rough, right? There's no way that ball is going to hold. The only way you could hold that fairway is if you shaped one back into that slope and chased it up the slope, causing it to slow down and stay in the fairway. So I think effectively they're smaller fairways than what they are in actuality. Yeah, no doubt about it. And as the caddy told us, the, the golf course, they've turned the water off on the golf course as far as the fairways are concerned and they're going to dry these things out there's not very many venues in uh, in u.s open championship golf that have these bermuda or common bermuda fairways and because of that um the golf course gets a little bit um it gets a little bit softer or or it holds the ball a little bit better and and now they're trying to dry it out and make it the typical u.s open where you get bounce and roll and run um, and that's going to be exciting to see this golf course play that way. I think there's some people that are wondering what is, what's the best places to go watch? What are you going to look at? What are the momentous holes? And I kept thinking about the, uh, the, the short par three 15th, 15th. hole that is listed yeah. at 124 can play as short as 80 yards. I think about yeah. the drivable par four sixth hole at 330 yards that you can take it across the corner, a a true risk reward and followed up by the way, by nearly the same shot that is a par three. Uh, It is a little shorter, 284, but still felt like, uh, felt like to me in a lot of ways, a tougher shot uh, on seven than it did on six. And so, uh, man, and then not to mention the fact that they've grown up these, this, this, this fescue like rough surrounding the greenside bunkers. You're going to, if you miss that green, you're praying to be in the bunker. It'll be the bunker will the sand will be a welcome place so long as you're not hung up in one of the uh, all that fescue on the side and I think you're going to see some really awkward ugly you know hack out situations if you get we in the wrong see spot. Might double hits this time too. Well, double hits are okay now. It's not a penalty anymore. <laughs> so they can go uh, ahead and they can go ahead and double but, hit you know, whack there's, away. There's also there's also that barranca that runs through the property and how that's going to play with. Um, drives off the tees. You know, you talk about number eight. Number eight is another one where a par five that you've got the branker down the right-hand side and a fairway that slopes hard left to right. 
down to a kind of a flat area on the right side. Um, if you get if you get too far right, you know you've got the big trees in the branca there, and that branca comes into play in a lot of different on a lot of different holes. So that's that's going to definitely be one of the things the guys are going to have to steer clear from. Oh, there's no question. And then the final three holes, they it's 1500 plus yards for three holes, and they're yeah. all par fours, right? You go 542 on the yep. 16th. 520 on the 17th and then 492 uphill on the 18th hole. So yeah, that right. finish is going to be super strong. And by the way, that's right after you have your uh, lob wedge out, you know, on, on 15 hitting that little yep. um, feathery little, little pitch shot. So I do think it's going to showcase the ball striking. I don't know why, but uh, you know, I, I mentioned to someone the other day, this could be kind of a Tommy Fleetwood special, you know, kind of those guys that are just real ball strikers and, and, yeah. you know, a lot of stingers off the tees and things like that. I'm not picking Tommy necessarily. I'm not saying that he's the winner, but it just reminds me of a little bit of a scrappy kind of guy that's going to knock it around and, and uh, you know, kind of similar. I, I think Shinnecock is maybe a little bit yeah. similar to what we saw out there, right? I mean, in, in, in effect, the, Shinnecock was a little wider that way and, and has some similar characteristics in my mind. Watch I, out for the SoCal boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Hey, the caddy's going to join us next. We'll get his take on L.A. North as we continue our U.S. Open preview edition. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks for joining us. It's time for America's Favorite Caddy. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, the caddy joins us every week here on Real Golf Radio. We're trying to get a little fancy with him this week. We brought him into our Zoom call, so uh, he's part of the room, not just on the phone. How about that, caddy? How are you? Well, if I prepared my club pro like this guy disguise, I'd be visual. But <laughs> caddy's a little, caddy's a little, caddy's a little tired. I, I'm not sure why. I, I, I must maybe I didn't sleep well. A little tired. Well, it's 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 yeah. normal that you wouldn't sleep well on the what is nearly the eve of the U.S. Open at L.A. North. I mean, how exciting is that? Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see how the course plays everybody i think everybody's excited about it this has an interesting one where you know a lot of people are ex- obviously excited about a major championship but this is a golf course that you just don't get to see like people just are curious to see the golf course in and of itself so i think that's going to add a cool element to it it'd be like uh, yeah there's there's another one on the east coast that everybody'd probably like to see the u.s open played at mm. but i think you cannot expect that one to ever happen that will not happen. I've had the pleasure of playing it a few times. I, I haven't played it with the new uh, Gilhans redo. I played the old course, old style, and I had it in my top five. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Well, the Gilhans redo yep. is, is spectacular. Yep. What have you heard about the course as far as how it's shaping up for the event? And are you still making any type of tweaks or anything like that in the books or anything? The books are there. I spoke with Jeff Hall uh, a few days ago, and I asked him, 
about the rough on the bunkers. I said, are you guys going to, is it going to be as bad as it is right now? And he said, no, we're going to stop watering the course and we're going to, we're going to let that grass thin out a little bit. He said, I just don't think it's a good thing if you lose the ball two feet off a putting surface. I said, yeah, that's probably not a good thing, but I'd enjoy it personally because, you know, <laughs> I'm a, I like a painful U.S. Open, as you know. I like, a, I like a lot of pain. But, um, yeah, it, I, I think a big question is how much does the Bermuda rough come in by the time it's championship time? Uh, that's a big factor obviously, but it's a bomber's course. There's no doubt about it. Fairways are wide and you can carry some trouble here and there if you're a bomber and get to some more downslopes and things like that. And um, I think it's I think it's a prime course for Brooks and Rory and Scheffler, uh, those guys who can really rom. I, I think it's I think they're gonna be licking their chops when they get there. Let's talk about some of those other players in a minute. But you talk about the wide fairways, and it was pretty clear that these are the widest fairways you'll see in the U.S. Open. But the actual width is not the same as the effective width is quite a bit smaller. Wouldn't wouldn't you say? I mean, is that fair? A hundred percent. Number one is relatively flat where you land the ball. There's really – it's a downslope. But it, it's kind of flat down, you know, left to right is flat, more or less. Uh, yeah. Two has a lot of bank. Uh, three has a funnel bank. Five has a spill off to the right. Uh, six is just, I mean, we can we could do a whole show on number six. Mm-hmm, let's do it. Um, <laughs> eight has a big slope left to right. Eight, eight, eight has a big slope, but that's kind of a... That's kind of a sort of easy fairway to hit if you're hit a draw. Yeah, because you you don't have those trees in your way. If you're if you're a cutter, if you're a cutter, you're not going to like that tee shot at all. Because that's going to yeah, it's going to be, be running right with there. the bank, funnel right, right down yeah. into those trees. Yeah, and and the barranca. Well, you, yeah, yeah. So, but if you if you draw it off the tee, you're loving it because you can hook it into the left side and it'll just run right down in the fairway. So, ten ten. Ten's not. It, it's got. Ten's got a little bit of slope on it down to the left, but it's not. I don't think you know unless it's super firm, it won't narrow that. Hang on one sec, Caddy. Before you leave ten, how, I, how, I, how many guys will knock it out into sixteen and play it from there on ten? I don't think. I don't think you're going to see that. Okay. I just. I did that. I saw. I, I just wondered if anybody else might try it. <laughs> There's room to do he it. Did but that on purpose. You're taking all. all <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did you take on the bunkers or did you go right of them? Carried the bunkers, right of them. <laughs> yeah, carried carried the bunkers and went right. Yeah. Well, the guys carry yeah, the bunkers I, I, from the yeah, back tee. I don't think so. Oh, you could carry the first bunker on the right. Okay. From uh, from where they're sitting, and I'm pretty sure I'd have to check the book. Actually, all I was saying sure is, I thought I was dead, and I went over um, there, and there was a member, and he's like, "Hey, ball's right here," and I'm like, "Fairway, sweet." <laughs> I had a wedge in, I think. Yeah. But uh, okay, keep going. Twelve's a flattish fairway, but it's narrow and blind. And thirteen's got the spill off on the right. If you hit it far enough, it starts running down to the right there. Fourteen's, you know, that's more or less a flat fairway. Sixteen has that runoff to the right. If you really bomb it down the center, right center, it could run down there into the rough. And then at seventeen and eighteen, don't have those runoffs. But yeah, what a what a brute force finish! It's uh, really a brute force finish, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah over fifteen hundred no yards it. on those. I mean, you've fours. got. Think about it. You've got, I think, 13 might be 496. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly. But you could bump it just a little and say you've got 13, 14. you got 13 starts with a 5. 
but it's a par four. You got 14 starts with a six, but it's a par five. You got 16 starts with a five, it's a par four. You got 17 starts with a five, it's a par four. And 18 is the 496. That's just about a 500-yard par four. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot. It's like we have the green mile. This is like the green two miles. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. The miracle mile. And if if you if you birdie the last three holes, then you get you get the you get to buy a property on the Miracle Mile, there you go. Boulevard, right wow. down the there street there. So and, and then and then, yeah. Caddy, you got fifteen that can play anywhere from what eighty, 80 yards to, to one hundred and twenty-five yards. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty wild little hole. That'll be interesting. I'd like to park myself right there. That'll and watch be interesting. Guys, watch guys play that one. I'm telling you, I just have a feeling. I don't even know where this came from. But I think somebody's going to make a double bogey. This is really weird. Why am I saying this? Somebody's going to make a double bogey on 14 on Sunday, and it's, it's going to change the whole complexion of the championship. That's on my 14. prediction. The part on five. 14. Yeah, well, it's easy to do. If you get it lost yeah. in the trees right down my in call. those – Oh, I mean, you're – look, trust me, I've you, you can't hardly get it out of there. And it's not necessarily the easiest green to hit with a little wedge shot either no. and parts of it. It's, yep. You know, it's got little, and you don't want to go, you can't go over the green there. You can't go right to the green. Bob, how about the pin placement the day we played it? Just over that bunker oh, yeah. on that slope? And your caddy's like telling you, that caddy's telling you to play it, what, about three feet right? And you're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was. You only had like a <laughs> and, and that's what I was going to say. That was my next feet. thing, is, is, the, is the way the greens have subtle and big breaks to them on these, on these greens. I think if if the rough stays up like it has been um, thick enough, I they're 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 good sized greens, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play pretty smart on a number of them on the pin placements, and then you're gonna have these thirty footers with a lot of break. There just aren't flat greens out there right, for the most yeah. part. There's there's general slope like on every green, right? So. You're going to have some long putts with a pretty good amount of break, and um, you know, Jeff Jeff was saying it's an interesting course because he felt like he thinks you're going to have a lot of four or five birdies and four or five bogey bogey type rounds out there. I would agree. That's with what that. he thinks. Um, and that's yeah, fair statement. Num- number one, I mean, number, number one's going to be hole. probably one of the nicer opening holes in U.S. Open history. It's you know, it's a birdie hole all the way, right? Yep. Um, guys will be hitting irons in there too, so it's a real gentle opening. But then, uh, welcome to number two, mm-hmm. and welcome to number four, and welcome to number five, and welcome to number three. I mean, it's like okay, it's birdie hole number eight. Okay, eight's you know eight's not a eight, eight's a eight's a very birdieable it's probably hole. a birdie hole. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say you if you're gonna the, yeah. unless you get the lie yeah. that Brian had in the Branca. Well, those guys aren't gonna miss that with a wedge. Like, oh, I you had. don't want to go left. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to go down <laughs> there. You're dead. That's a lot. It's a, it's a. You know, if it's not know, lost, it's you, a, it's an unplayable. Well, you don't want to go left on eight, and a lot of California people do. So that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> oh, not to make wow. a comment or anything. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, I'll give you that one. I'm just saying. There you go. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, you said you wanted yeah. to talk about six. Let's do it. Let, can I? Can we have a little contest between the three of us? What's the uh, over under on the scoring average being higher on six than seven or seven than six? Mm. Seven than six. I'm saying I'm going to go over on seven than six. I think seven will play harder. Six is going to be, oh, at least a half shot harder. Are you, are you talking about over par? Yes, over par. Number. Over par. I think in relation to par. 
Uh, well, in real, I'm going, yeah, I'll go with seven on that. Yeah, seven's going to play harder. Than, and I won't. I'll go with six. You think six is going to play harder? And the reason I'll go with six is because guys can Bob, hit it down the left side and hit a precise numbers. little wedge in there. The majority of the guys, oh, you the majority mean of the guys, they'll be you'll see guys hitting driver or three woods or drivers or whatever. But it's it's a it's a relatively easy hole if you play it down the left side. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Sorry, you're missing. I, I'm saying no, I think I think the par three is going to play harder also. over par. It's going to be a higher over par score than than six will. I think six is. I oh, think I, seven is harder I agree than with six. You. Yes. Yeah. Six is going to definitely play easier. Bob, let me translate for our listeners here what's going on. We've got <laughs> Brian saying that a 300 yard par three with a barranca to the right of it and trees blocking you from hitting a cut off the tee is actually going to play harder than a 268 yard to the front of the green par four. Okay. I mean, come on. Of course it is. Is that, am I being harsh? I'm no, a little tired. Not Maybe I'm a little hangry. I don't know. Maybe. How about this one? Will there be more others, doubles and worse on six or seven? Mm. Mm, that's a good one. I'm going to say six. Probably six, because guys will go for it. It's it's a big it's a big risk reward. I'm going I'm going with six. Yeah, yep. I'm going I'm going with more doubles on six. Yeah, yeah. I I have a term I I brought it in at Oakmont years ago, but I'm going to apply it. It applies to LA North on a couple holes. We have a couple drivable par threes out there. <laughs> back to back, actually. Drivable par threes, number seven and number eleven. They're mm. they're drivable, you know. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought it was a cute term, but is I guess it's like a lead balloon on the show no, here, No, no, look. I mean, the only yeah. reason 11's not is because you can land it 20 yards short and then watch it chase right to the hole. Bob did that. It was beautiful. Well, it's a drivable par three. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, yeah, That how pretty is the fourth hole? The look at the fourth, that's what you, I mean, the, the stand on that tee and look down there. Stuck that on is you. That's a beautiful hole. And by the way, <laughs> if no, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's Lionel's. Are we on a first name basis with him? He, yeah. I think that's his former house. If I think, I think if I'm not, I don't mistaken. know. They were all saying it's still his house. I, I think it'll yeah, always be the pretty, Lionel house. It's still his house. I got a feeling down deep I don't in know, my if soul. You own that, that house? Do you ever really want to sell it? Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Guess I'm on my way. <laughs> oh man. Well. I'm easy oh. like a Sunday morning. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the more popular yep. song, but I like. Stuck that's on gonna it. that's gonna be whoever's leading the golf tournament on Sunday. Oh yeah, afternoon when they tee off, they'll be playing I'm that easy song. Like a Sunday they? morning. Oh, they'll be playing that song. Does anybody miss their tee time because of the traffic? That's in play. Yeah, it is definitely in play. It's definitely in play. No doubt. I think I think we're having at least we're having a caddy late. We're having a caddy late because of the traffic on Thursday or Friday. I'm calling that right now. <laughs> can we get odds on that? I'll bet you can. I'll bet there's prop bets somewhere on there. You can find it. <laughs> caddy, good stuff. We can't wait to talk with you uh, so, from dude, LA North a- next week. Thank you, gentlemen. That was the caddy right here on Real Golf Radio. Good stuff. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Coming up next, uh, we'll continue with our U.S. Open preview. John Bodenhammer, Chief Championships Officer for the United States Golf Association with thoughts on L.A. North and the upcoming championship. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. 
back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Thanks to the caddy for joining us uh, just a moment ago as we look forward to next week's 123rd U.S. Open Championship at L.A. North. And it was a treat to be able to be out there for the U.S. Open Media Day a little over a month ago to hear from the USGA and the, the membership and leadership of L.A. Country Club and some of the government officials in L.A. as well as everybody is excited to welcome the U.S. Open Championship back to L.A. for the first time in some 75 years uh, and the first time to L.A. North. And we had an opportunity the next day at Pebble Beach, of course, as we were there for the U.S. Women's Open Media Day the following day to talk with the Chief Championships Officer from the United States Golf Association, our good friend John Bodenhammer. And here's that conversation. So uh, 75 years since the U.S. Open has been held in the Los Angeles, California area. The time before it was at Riviera. Uh, now at, at, at L.A. Country Club, uh, the North Course, we had an opportunity to go around it um, in the media day. What a great golf course to hold a U.S. Open championship. Yes, I uh, couldn't agree more, Bob. I, I don't know why the heck we haven't been in Los Angeles for 75 years. There are, you know, there's a lot of possible reasons and but we're sure proud we're going back, and uh, I have a personal history with Los Angeles Country Club going back to 1985 and playing the Pacific Coast Amateur as a 24-year-old kid. I didn't know what I was stepping onto, but when I finished my first round there, I knew it was a very special place. Yeah. And I've always been someone that has appreciated great architecture and really thinking your way around a golf course, and that's what LA Country Club is. It's a magnificent piece of property designed by one of the game's geniuses in George C. Thomas, Jr., with that routing, with the landforms of Barranca throughout it. But I think L.A. presents something unique for us being pl- played on Bermuda grass, being that we hope the weather will cooperate. It hasn't yet th- this, thus far, but if it if it's, if it's, uh, is uh, warm leading up to the Open, we'll get bouncy conditions. And I think, I think folks will see a different U.S. Open than they normally would see. Wider, bouncier, and super exciting. You're going to see crescendos around that golf course. Short holes, long holes, five par threes that measure everywhere from 303 yards all the way down to 80 yards. We can play it. Think about that. You know, over 200 yards of variety just on the par threes. Par fours set up from different angles. It's just going to be crazy good, and we, we can't wait to get started. John Bodenhammer joining us here. So when you talk about architecture in L.A., this is going to be a first for a lot of people. I mean, the TV coverage is going to be unprecedented. Golf fans, I think, are excited to see this golf course. I mean, how would you describe it, and what can we learn for future golf course development or design by what we see and experience at L.A.? Oh, boy, those are, uh, those are good thoughts. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, um, I think as far as what we can learn, uh, you look at what George Thomas did, it's natural. You know, you, it, there are a lot of elevation changes, but it, it, it is what was there. The Barranca was there on the property, and he created what he thought was important with risk-reward and playing over and around that Barranca. Uh, he left it there. It was natural. They couldn't move a whole lot of dirt in 1928. <laughs> moved a little bit, but, and they moved some, but in all fairness. But um, I think the naturalness of a golf course is, is really important, and uh, just the way it's been routed. And he's done a... A magnificent job in using the prevailing wind and, and the ground, and, and, it, and it's going to be special. And I think when you go there, the aura that is LACC, you know, you have this um, lush oasis in the middle of one of the world's biggest and most glamorous and glitzy cities, you know, the what is L.A., you know, with Hollywood and the celebrities and the athletes, and Rodeo Drive is just around the corner, and 
all of that uh, is going to make uh, for a special recipe that, you know, we've never had a U.S. Open there before. There's a lot of unknown, and I think that leaves a little bit of mysteriousness to it all. And uh, we think it's really cool. We think it's a great golf course, and we think we're going to get a great champion. All I know, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know who, what the winning score is going to be, but I know who walks up that 18th fairway with that magnificent clubhouse in the background. And the first time we've been there in 75 years, and on that golf course, they're gonna, that's going to be a life memory. Just like Ben Hogan when he won in 1948 his first U.S. Open at Riviera. We'd never been there before for an Open. So it's a little bit similar, and I think we got a pretty good champion then. We'll get a good one this year, too. I think you just said a Texan's going to win. Is that, what I, is that what you maybe, heard? <laughs> maybe. The other thing you talked about in the media day at LACC is that this is going to be more of a smaller fan base that's going to be on property, 20, 22,000 people. And, and you learned some things when you were at Marion about the facility and not having to be this big, giant thing. You know, we really did, Bob. I, I think that um, our business model for 30 years was, you know, 40 to 50,000 on fans on site, paid admission, lots and lots of corporate presence. You know, you, so the footprint, and then, you know, we need eight or nine acres yeah. for a broadcast compound yeah. now. It just, it's so big. And so some of the venues like Marion, LACC, the Country Club, which was great last year, you know, they kind of went away. And I think they, candidly, they were not on the USJ's radar because they were too small. They were too landlocked with residential uh, or whatever it would be. But I think in, in Marion, we proved that we could do it. And we got creative, and um, it opened the door to the country club. That very year when we were up there for the amateur, right after Marion Golf Club, Mike Davis and I walked the golf course and, and said, this needs to have another U.S. Open. Thank goodness we did. And I think Los Angeles Country Club is that way, too. You know, we've been trying to be there for a lot of years. Uh, but we knew we could only be there if we really had a small sort of fan base because it's such a tight property in parts of it. Not all all over it, right? but around the Barranca, down on 17 and 18, 16, 17, 18, and, 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 and 2. And you just can only get so many people through where you get them out on 5, 6, 7. It's just they're just tight areas. So we just never thought it could work, but we're going to make it work in a magnificent way, and, and we're going to crown a great champion. It's a... You know, it's just one of those games. It's one of the game's special places, and uh, we're able to go, and we're gonna we're gonna do it in a good way. Yeah, it's gonna be a good test. I think all golf fans are in for a treat to see how the world's best players challenge this golf course, or how the golf course challenges the world's best players, huh? I, I you know, I, I think that's exactly right. And I, the way that I think of it, and I've read a lot about George Thomas. Certainly didn't know the man, but I, I certainly admire him. He he worked with all the greats: Mackenzie, Tillinghast, Wilson. Uh, Flynn, Crump, uh, he was one of the greats, but he's often not lifted up there. And I, you know, I, I, I think um, who's going to win? And I think about what Thomas wrote about, you know, LACC, not unlike Riviera for the first time or Bel Air, all his creations. You really got to get around him a few times, not just once or twice, but a few times really learn the nuances and the strategies and the angles and where you need to land the ball on the ground and how it's going to bounce or how you play certain holes strategically that you wouldn't see at first glance. I think some of those guys like a Colin Morikawa or a Scotty Scheffler or a Cameron Champ are going to have an advantage, much like Matthew Fitzpatrick did. The Country Club was kind of that place last yeah. year with all of its rocky, craggly outcroppings 
I think LACC will be similar with the Barranca. And, you know, it's just a gnarly, natural place. And if you've seen it a few more times than the next guy, I think you'll you'll see those names contend. They may win or may not, but um, they'll they'll uh, they'll benefit from that. I love that. Of course, reference to the 2017 yeah. Walker Cup. John, thanks for your time. Thanks for having us. Uh, certainly look forward to it. What are we, I guess, uh, 63 days I heard today from Pebble Beach, and then we got to be just a little 45. less than 45 for, uh, for Los yeah, Angeles so Country Club. So that'll be fantastic. We appreciate it. We appreciate what you guys do for the game, and uh, let's go, uh, let's go uh, USJ at the Opens. <laughs> All right, it was John Bodenhammer joining us here. He's the Chief Championships Officer for the USGA, talking about the U.S. Open coming up next week at L.A. North. Bob, here we are. It's finally here. So much talked about. I know, about. it's crazy. So it's much, come so fast. Yeah, the anticipation's <laughs> been, uh, been, been intense, and so many people are looking forward to seeing this one. Not only do we move on to the third major of the year, but like I said, I think this is going to be a special one for the venue. Of course, yeah. the venue always plays a factor in it, but it's very rare that you just get a peek at one that you otherwise don't have the ability to see. So I'm anxious to see how this plays out. Well, you and I have had a plant chance to play this golf course once before the redesign and once after the redesign. Now we've had an opportunity to play it twice, but this is a golf course that not a lot of people have seen. Um, it's always one that you hear about, Oh man, you need to play LA country club, the North course. Um, and so uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, 75 years since the U.S. Open was played in Los Angeles, and that was at Riviera. And um, it's really going to be interesting to see how this thing all sets up. Uh, only 22,000 fans are going to be able to be on site to watch this instead of 40 or 50. And, uh, you know, the, the, the suites, all the grandstands are going to be limited. Um, and... It's just going to show, it's going to be a great show, I think, as far as what the golf course looks like and everything that goes along with that. You heard Caddy talk about his conversation with Jeff Hall, who yeah. is the setup guy now, and he said he thinks it could be some four birdie, four, four bogey type rounds out there, keeping it around even par. Do you think the guys are going to go deep, or do you kind of agree with that, that you'll see you know, the golf course hold up to par? Well, I think... There's two sentiments. One, it could be really, really difficult, and you're gonna. It's gonna be around even par, or maybe a couple under. Then there are other sentiments that it could be on the other end of the spectrum, and it could be 12, 13, 14 under par. So, depends on the weather. Depends how the golf course dries out. Um, it depends on what what the guys are able to do on the greens. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of subtle, subtle rolls that when you hit putts, the ball continues to break and break and break. So it's, uh, I think it's going to be tough. Guys are going to have to do their homework. Matt Fitzpatrick a year ago at the country club at Brookline had some experience having won the amateur there. We've got some players with Walker cup experience and that's about it at LA North. Do you think those players have an advantage next week? I think they do. And you, you know, when you're thinking about a golf course like this and the guys that play really, really well in Southern California, guys from Southern California that have grown up in it, uh, you know, Patrick Cantley, Max Homa, John Rahm, who plays well down at, down at, uh, Torrey Pines. Um, those types of guys are really, I think going to play well here. Yeah, we'll see. Those are all good names. Colin Morikawa certainly comes yep. to mind as well Absolutely. from that Walker cup team. All right. We'll wrap up the show next here on real golf radio. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. 
Talking Golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. It's time for picks for next week's U.S. Open. Bob, in the way too early predictions back in January, I had Xander Shoffley. How about this? He has played in seven U.S. Opens, and in six of them, he's had top seven finishes. I don't know. I think I kind of like the way Xander is playing. He is from Southern California, so maybe I'll stick with that. Although, you almost got to be crazy not to pick either (laughs) Scheffler or Rom. They're playing so great right now. Well, I had Max Homa thinking Southern California as well, but it's all about what have you done for me lately, and he hasn't done a whole heck of a lot. But Scotty Scheffler has, and that's who I'm going to take. 16 events played this year, two wins, two runner-ups, 13 top 10s, 15 top 25s, and uh, so I'm going to take Scotty Scheffler. And he was on that Walker Cup team, so he has experience. I I have a hard time not agreeing with you on that one, by the way. I'm sticking with it because... Shoffley helps from a long time ago when I picked in January. So let's, let's ride it out and he's uh, putting well and he's ball striking well, but the last seven U S open champions have been bombers and Scheffler fits more of that than I think Shoffley does. So interesting stuff. We'll see how it goes. A show from LA next week. Be sure to keep it tuned right here to real golf radio. 